Welcome to the Calvary Servanthood Community Church podcast, where we're building a servanthood Christian community which develops leaders and serves the body of Christ through evangelism, discipleship, and teaching. As you're about to go into the Word, get your pens, get your notepads, and we pray that this be a blessing as it was to us. God bless you. Greetings to the partners first. My protocol is going to go to the partners, the people that have partnered with us here, so that this ministry, which actually is all of us that are here, partners, uh, Baruti, Bahulu um, Bakereke, and our young and yielded, our Sunday school and everyone that is here, our visitors that are here, we all welcome you and believe that it is not a mistake that you are here. It is on a purpose with God. Hallelujah. You all welcome. We continuing with our study and of the book of Joshua that I believe we were led to go into it for this year as we start the season or even when we start the year, uh, that it is time to move forward. It is time to move forward. Now the topic this morning, I have left a word there that I was supposed to put in before the reproach of Egypt that requires submission to the sign of the covenant is Gilgal. They were at Gilgal. Now, Gilgal is a place of concentrating, consecrating the people. Now, it has been read to us, chapter 5, that we're dealing with. Now, this chapter... As I have indicated before about the book of Joshua, it is the book of the new beginning, the book of the new life. Now chapter five launches the new life. From chapter one, there is movement that is being done to get into the new life. And when you get into chapter five now, there is a launching of that. How is it being launched then? And where is it being launched? It is being launched at Gilgal. Now Gilgal, this place becomes an important part of the launching of the new life that God was given to the children of Israel. There was a big task that was laying before them. Now, with this task that was coming in front of them, God sends out people it is not indicated here, Bakreste. Like in chapter two, 
when Joshua sent out the spies, and those spies came with a report from Rahab, if you'd remember. But this time, we are not told that there were people that were sent out to spy. But when you read through verse 1, it talks about, so it was when all the kings of the Amorites were on the west side of the Jordan, and all the kings of Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we had crossed over, that their hearts melted. There was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. Now what it means is they have this information just after they have crossed over. Now Gilgal would then now present itself as a bridge between the crossing of the Jordan as well as the beginning of the military campaign that they've got to get into. So that serves as a bridge. Now when you look at it from all appearances, it was a good time to attack, to get into the military attack of these people. But there are things that are important, Bakreste. There was sort of an excitement as well as the motivation of the people because of they have crossed over. You know, I pictured this over the weekend on Friday, actually, when I was watching the metric results being announced. The excitement that was there. You know, if you could ask those kids, it was like they would face anything, they would go anywhere. Because of that experience, the joy that they had. Now, same here with the children of Israel. When they looked at that, it was an opportune time that they should go and fight. But Magrasta, God's ways are higher than our ways. Because from all appearances, it was time to attack. There was sort of an environmental scan, if one may say so. Or even one can call it a feasibility study or even a sort of analysis that was done. Now from the reports that were given to them, they felt like this is the time. We just need to go and attack. Because the morale of the people was down. Now I would assume that the military leaders who were under Joshua, they should have said to Joshua, for goodness sake, my man, our leader, 
let us go at once and attack. And, and, and possibly when they were, they were saying that, some who could reason out of that, they even said, you know, Joshua, there is logic here. There is logic. Look at what, how, you know, how things are. And we, we also like to reason out things like that. When we see certain environment, we bring in some logic on it. And say it is time, that it's, it's logic, you know, to do that. And they brought it. But in God's economy and plan, it was not the time. There were some spiritual values that had to be taken first before they could do that. There were spiritual priorities that had to take place. There were spiritual principles that had to take place that are more vital that would make them to win the fortresses that they are going to face. Now, Bakreste, sometimes we may see the environment being clean and logically so that you can go and attack. But before they attacked, God said in his economy, are your hearts ready to attack? The environment may be ready, but your heart may not be ready to attack. Then God spoke to Joshua, gave him instructions about the heart issue. That there are things that must be taken first before we attack. Bagreste, what does it mean to us as well? That we may go out and look for opportunities. And sometimes when we see those opportunities, we rush into them, we get into them, but we, at the end of the day, is our heart or our hearts ready to be able to carry what those opportunities will be calling for? Bagreste, for the victory of the children of Israel, which was quite fundamental that it has to be, for them to be able to demolish and to remove the fortresses of the next city and throughout Canaan that have been raised against the knowledge of God. Anything that we get into, it can become a fortress that has been raised against the knowledge of God to make you fail. And you then look like a failure. There are strongholds, Bagreste. There are fortresses that are there. That you need to go and fight them. That Israel had to go and fight them. Certain things, almost everything, is important that when you attack these fortresses, you have, you have made a spiritual preparation. Preparation of the heart, Bagreste. Now, before Israel could go and attack, they received an instruction and direction on what to do. Before we attack, 
there are instructions as well as direction on how to do it. It's a pity, Bakreste, that as the children of God, if there is one thing that we miss, is the instructions and the direction of God. We miss many of that. We think on our own. We can be able without his direction and instruction. Now I'm going to summarize first chapter, chapter five and then attack one thing, zoom into one thing here. There are spiritual events that takes place there. In as much as these people, they were looking at the situation being ripe. Mudimare, whoa, not now. There are things that need to happen before you go and attack. Now, there were five events that had to take place. And event number one, it is the statement in itself that came on 5-1, chapter 5, verse 1. The statement about the situation, the environmental impact there. It was important that statement should come out of Christ. If the statement would have not come out, it would have demoralized the children of Israel. Now, what does the statement say to us today? That any circumstances that we attack, that we go into, it is actually a defeated fool. We might not see it that way, but from the eyes of God, the reason why he brought in that statement was to say to Israel, you have actually won the battle. That is all the statement all about, that the battle has been won. But even when the battle has been won, there are other things that need to be done. Spiritual principles that had to be carried. The second one from the statement is the renewal of the rights of circumcision. Now, that deals with the identity. As part of the promises, they needed to have an identity. If you don't know who you are, your identity is not right, you don't actually go forward. They needed an identity, the identity of circumcision. It was an act of faith for their spiritual life because this identity, where it was given to Abraham, it is attached to the land. Now, before they go to the land, they needed to know who they are. So identity was very important. How do you identify yourself? The second thing, the third, was the Passover. I will zoom into these things and show them how important were they that they had to take place. The third was the observance of the Passover. Remember when they left Egypt, there was the partaking of the Passover, observing of the Passover. What did this observation, 
that they did of the Passover, what did it mean to them? One, three things, or one and two things that are now coming even into Joshua. The observance of the Passover was to protect them from the angel that was killing the firstborns was protection. Number two and three on the Passover. The Passover was releasing them from Egypt and opening the Red Sea that they should cross over. And after crossing over the Red Sea, what happened? The Egyptians, the Bible says, Moses said to them, the Egyptians that you are looking, you, ask, you will see them no more. The Red Sea then drowned the Egyptians. Now the implication here is, here is something, Jordan, the same way that it has been opened like the, the Red Sea. So when you cross over, it means God will defeat your enemies for you. But they needed to know that. They needed to be brought into that understanding. And the other thing that happened, the fifth. No, the fourth was the eating of the produce of the land. Just after observing the Passover, Manna stopped and they ate the fruits of Canaan. What does that mean? Remember they were promised of the land of milk and honey. Now at that time, milk coming from the cow, what does it mean? The, the produce, the posture would be plenty. Honey from the bees, pollination, many fruits that are going to come out of that. But that is not just the, the thing that they will receive this. Over and above the plentiness of the abundance of the things that they were going to receive, they needed to abound in their spiritual life. Now, these things, Magreste. They can happen, but if we are not ready and spiritually we are not at a certain level, they will not happen. And we will feel or we will be like the failures. And the last thing that happened, we're still going to get into individual things. That we see here is that Joshua encounter with the captain of the host of the Lord. Now, these things had to happen before they went in and fought. Now, I've spoken about the morality, the feasibility study that God has brought to them to make them ready that I, as God, I will fight for you. Ourselves with Christ, we know that Whatever that we face, Christ is with us. And Christ has actually won the battle on our behalf. Now, if Christ has won the battle on our behalf, what is it that we need to do 
is to believe in him. Have trust in him. Now, I want to go back to the first statement. Let's read through Joshua chapter 4. Why the statement came out in Joshua chapter 5. Let's read Joshua chapter 4, verse 23. Joshua chapter 4, verse 23. It reads as follows. 23 and 24. It says, For the Lord your God dried up waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea. You see what I've said earlier. Which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. And 24 very important. It says that all the people of the earth may know the hand of the Lord that is mighty that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Now that statement of the people, the Amorites kings and the Canaanites king is a fulfillment of Joshua chapter 4, before they even crossed over. So God said to them, so that all the people of the earth may know the hand of the Lord. Now they started knowing the hand of the Lord. And not only for those people should know the hand of the Lord, but also to them that they, should, they may fear the Lord your God forever. Because it's possible, Bakreste, to get used to and end up not fearing the Lord. Now, look here. What happened if you visualize and see it? These Amorites kings, earlier on, there was a report from Rahab. When he gave it to Joshua, he said, after you crossed over the Red Sea, the people's heart melted. Now, it is the second statement here that is supporting what Rahab has said. Now, if at the beginning when they heard what happened at the Red Sea, if they thought, because indeed, Bakraste, some of these things that you hear in the Bible, you would think, ah, it's fiction. The sea could open. It's fiction. Now, even those that thought that this is fiction, they were now saying it's happening for the second time. So there was a testimony. So there was no fiction about it. So it confirmed the works of the Lord. Now, that is why they became fearful. So that was the aim of God, to send out a message. But God has sent out a message also to us and to all the things that are standing before us, the war, the battle that we're getting into. God has fought for us. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says, Be strong in the Lord and in the might of his strength. That is all what we need to do 
to be strong in the Lord, to fear the Lord. Now, the next verse, now I want you to hear this, Magreste. The circumcision that comes, verse 2. Verse 2 says, at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, when the situation was, when people were in disarray, when, when people were sort of frightened, the Lord comes and speaks to Joshua. Listen to the voice of the Lord before you move in. He comes and speaks to Joshua. And the instructions that Joshua is going to receive, they are going to be followed by obedience. Now, if there is one thing, Bagresta, that is painful, that is not easy in our Christian life, is obedience. It's obedience. Now, the Lord comes to Joshua in the environment that is ripe that people should go and fight. He says to Joshua, make flint knives for yourselves and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. Now, this needs to be understood. God says to Joshua, the first thing, he comes, he talks to Joshua. After the environmental scan, after the short analysis of saying, no, the environment is good, you can go. You know, it is like God took him aside, boy, come here, let's have a conversation. Before you go, make this flint knives. What are the flint knives? The flint knives are the natural surgical instrument to be used to circumcise people. What does it represent that God says, make these natural surgical instruments? He says there are natural tendencies amongst the people here. There are character traits that they were born with, that they have lived among the people that were murmuring, that lived amongst the people that never honored God. And these are hard to remove. But I want you to take the flint knives and remove them. That would be represented by circumcision. Now, Bagreste, when you move, there are certain character traits that we are born with. Natural inclinations that needs to be worked or be removed from us. That can hold you up. That we need to remove. Then God said to Joshua, there are these inclinations. There are these characters. If you go to the Bible, you find people with certain inclinations into their lives. 
David, for instance, had an inclination of his eyes. That is what happened, that the Bathsheba issue had to come into play. He had to deal with his eyes. There is an issue of Isaiah. Had to deal with his mouth. Isaiah was actually a gossiper. That is why when God called him, he said, Nawamilomo, Edichila. I need to be cleaned for that. There are those inclinations. You know your inclination. That can hold you not to go for what? These defects have to be removed. And they are removed at Gilgal. But he gives an example of how should they be removed. He says, make these flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again and second time. Now, when you read it without referring to other part of the scriptures, when it says second time, it is like people are going to go for circumcision for the second time. No, it's for the first time, but it's for the second generation. Those that left in Egypt, it was a requirement before they partook into the Passover, they had to be circumcised. So everybody who left Egypt was actually circumcised. Only those that were born in the wilderness were not circumcised. But why were they not circumcised? Because a circumcision was a sign that God gave to Abraham. And listen here, it says circumcise all men. But all men here, it represents both the corporate men, Israel as a whole, and men. So it's both corporate and the men of Israel, these men. Why these men? What is being circumcised is an organ that identifies a man. And when it is circumcised, then it changes a form of identity. So what was to happen was this organ had to change its form into a new form of identity. But that has to go through pain. You know, when people are circumcised now, they are circumcised in the hospital, except those that are going to the mountains. But there is pain that is involved. I remember my son after we have done that. Remember it was surgically made. There was no pain. But after a few days, the third day, because it becomes very painful from the third day, it is the climax. And he said, Papa, but why did I have to do this thing? 
Ki yese dise, why? And I said to him, you will know when you are an adult. I would not be in a position to explain it to you now. So when you go through circumcision, there is pain. If you obey that these inclinations, that these things, natural character traits should be moved, removed from you, it will come with a pain. It will not be easy. It is something that might torture you. Where you feel like, I would, I, I would not want to do it. But God says, if you want to go over, if you want to go and battle, there is this bridge that you must do. Remove these things. Let your heart be ready for a battle. And in the next verse, verse 4, there is a reason that is given why that has to happen. And it says, verse 4, it says, and this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. There is a reason why he circumcised them. What is the reason? All the people who came out of Egypt, who were males, now here it says males, not men, like in the other part, right? Males, all the men of war had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. Why did that happen, Magrest? That they died in the wilderness. In I think Numbers chapter 14, when they were at Kadesh Barnea, where they said, no, we're not going, they denied to get into the land at the border. There was a judgment that got passed. But the judgment that got passed made them to wander for 40 years. But I want you to take note of something, Bakrest, that has happened there. Irrespective of the judgment that God gave them, God did not withhold his grace over them. But they had to die in the wilderness. If you are not going to be obedient, God would not withhold his grace over you, but you might die in the wilderness. God would not withhold it. Why do we say God did not withhold his grace? Because when they were traveling, he did not withdraw the cloud that was directing them. He did not withdraw the pillar of fire. He did not withdraw the manna. He continued to supply them over the judgment that they had. So when God has given you something, a destiny or a promise, he would not withdraw it even if you do not 
obey what he has said. The grace would not be withdrawn. That is why we are When we are in Christ, it is saved forever. The grace is not withdrawn, but we will go through certain consequences. The grace is not withdrawn, but we will go through certain consequences. God did not withdraw that. Why? In my thinking and understanding, why did God not withdraw this? Remember, he has made a promise to Abraham that you and your descendants. Now, this group of the descendants of Abraham, they did not want to go, but God did not withdraw the promise. So the children of the people who said no, they were still part of the promise of God. God does not withdraw the promise. It remained. And God made sure that this very children should know and understand that there is God. So that even when they have crossed over, when Joshua speaks to them, they will know that we know him, he supplied us with manna. We know him, we saw the pillar of fire at night. We know him, we saw the cloud during the day to protect us. God did not withdraw that. And the next verse, verse it says, For all the people who came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness on the way, as they came out of Egypt, had not been circumcised. So I have indicated that, that everyone that came out of Egypt, it was a requirement that before they participate in the Passover, they had to be circumcised. So everyone that came out was circumcised, but only those that were born in the wilderness. Now the circumcision Bakreste is a seal of a blessing with God. It seals the blessings that God has given to Abraham. Now with us, what would be the circumcision? Because I would not have to go that pain. Uh, Pashima, that have not been. Don't go there and say, I've done it and I've received the blessings. No, it is now the circumcision of the heart for both males and females. It is a heart issue. It is no longer a physical thing. It is something that has to do with who you are. Something that has to do with your identity. Verse 6 says, For the children of Israel walked for 40 years in the wilderness, till all the people who were men of war, who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. Now, what does it mean to us? Our circumcision is to obey the voice of the Lord. 
The real circumcision, it is when a child of God obeys the word of God. If I still have to question the instructions that God gives me, what I need to do, it means I am not obeyed. I am not circumcised. Then it talks about as you go down, to whom the Lord saw that they would not show, uh, not show them the land which the Lord has sown to their fathers and would give us the land flowing with milk and honey. I've explained the milk and honey. That the milk is from the cow and the milk shows the abundance of the posture. And the honey from the bees, it shows the, the, the richness of the fruits, the pollination that will come through and the fruits that are going to come out of that land. Some of us that have had an opportunity of being in Israel, I promise you, their fruits even today are different from ours. They are big and I don't know what is making them that way. But they are quite outstanding, I promise you. It was a shock for me to see how they look like. But over and above that, Bakreste, the abundance that God is preparing the children of Israel here, the milk and honey, it is not only the abundance of what they would receive, the physical abundance. It has to be also the spiritual abundance. Amen. If you go in with a physical abundance without a spiritual abundance, something is not right. Now God was actually saying to them, inasmuch as I will supply your needs, you know, as Apostle Paul say, according to your rich, my riches in glory, more than that, it has to be your spiritual abundance. Aring Apostle Paulus, that his desire is that we should do what? Abound in our spiritual life. If you gain everything without abounding in spiritual life, it is like you have nothing in your hands. And verse 7 says, Then Joshua circumcised their sons, whom he raised up in their place. Now listen to this verse, Christ. You hear what God is saying and what Joshua is saying. Joshua circumcised their sons. Now when he says Joshua, remember, you know, logically, that we spoke about at the beginning. There were actually 600,000 people here that were to be circumcised. Now you ask yourself, Joshua, would you really have circumcised 600,000 people? That is why Gilgal, it is even called the heel of the foreskin. So how many of the foreskins that came out there, they actually made a heel. And Joshua 
would have not done that alone. But why here it talks about Joshua have done this, Joshua have done this, the responsibility of a leader. The responsibility of a leader. Possibly Joshua had other people that were helping him because there was no way that he could circumcise 600 people. But everything, it is accounted to him as a leader. Leaders that we have here, Muruti, Baruti, and other leaders, you are accountable to the souls. You are accountable in all respects. Before any judgment or anything can be passed to the people, it starts with you. Sometimes when we are far from certain things, we want them and we don't know the responsibility that it comes with it. We feel that, you know, let Nagabata opportunity, I must be given opportunity. We if I give motor, we if I give opportunity. And you get it, and there is a responsibility that goes with it. Now that is why it goes on and says, Joshua, 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 Joshua did this. God spoke to Joshua, gave him instructions, responsibility, Bakreste. And I want to emphasize that. Responsibility that Joshua had. And as I say, does not mean that there were no other people that have helped him. The flint knives that he had to do had to be many to be able to circumcise. There are people who made those flint knives, but it says Joshua do this and Joshua did that. Responsibility. Responsibility. And verse 7 says, Joshua circumcised their sons. And here is a statement which is very important. And he raised up in their place. Now these sons that were circumcised, they were put into the place of their fathers. They were raised into that level. Now, when you obey, there is an elevation that comes with it where God is going to raise you into a certain level. They were raised up in their place, the place of their father. Their fathers who disobeyed. And he says, for they were circumcised because they had not been circumcised on their way. Yes. They have gone through the punishment of their father. Why were they not circumcised? You know, you know, ironically so, Moses as well did not circumcise his son, if you would remember. And while they were on the way to deliver Israel from Egypt, God almost killed Moses. And what happened? The wife of, 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 of Moses immediately remembered and circumcised the son and that spared the life of Moses. Now, ironically, 
that happened. But when they are in the wilderness, Moses sort of rejects that or doesn't do that. Why? It is because of the judgment of God that was in there. So these kids, they had to go through the judgment of their fathers not being circumcised. There are certain things that we do that will affect our children. That it was actually meant as a punishment for you, but because you did not carry it through, then it affects your own children. Possible. Possible, Magreste. These kids endured the punishment of their fathers, stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. But when obedience came through Joshua, God lifted them up into the level of their father because of the promises that he has made to Abraham. God does not withdraw the promises that he has made to man. They remain. And verse 8 says, And so it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their place in the camp till they were healed. Verse 9, Then the Lord said, after the circumcision, after he has lifted them up, he said, the Lord said, this day I have rolled away the reproach from, of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal. I have rolled away. I have rolled away. I have restored you now to a divine favor and position that you did not have. What does it mean then to Asbakreste? It means when we obey God, as I have said, we are elevated into a restoration and a divine position and honor of God. But that is being brought about by how obedient we are. Remember, this happened because of the disobedience and, and unbelief. But God is saying to them, I have removed the mentality of Egypt. Remember, when they were supposed to go in, they decided not to go and wanted to remain. Actually, you know what happened then was they organized amongst themselves that let's get another leader that would take us back to Egypt. Mentality of Egypt. When we have got to move forward, we want to, it is good, Bagresta, to reflect, but don't want don't uh, do the things that you are reflecting on to hold you back. It was good for them to reflect, but they wanted to go back. 
Now, this mentality of going back, the mentality of Egypt, they had to be removed. Remember, Bagreste, what is going to come from here? It is the real life. I said last week that there are two eras here. There's an era of supply, the era of God-giving, the era of manna, the era of... Now, that era was coming to an end. There was an era now of development. And in development, you work, Magriste. Kanagongo, we make a mistake when we teach people also about faith and the things of God. It is good to emphasize faith, but not, and, and wrong not to emphasize also what it takes to get into that level of faith. We, we emphasize the declaration. By this, I got it. I have it. In the, it's good to say that, Bakreste. But I will not say by, by this I have passed my metric if I have not got into my books and study. Do you understand that? I wouldn't claim that I, I, I have the best work in, in, in the world. God is going to, without even applying for any work. When we claim these things, it means something has to happen. I always give this example of an old man in the Bible. This old man, God said to him, by this time next year, you will have a child. He would have rejoiced and said, hallelujah, I have the child. Over and above that, had to do something. You know what he had to do. It was not, not just a question of saying hallelujah. There was an action that has to accompany the hallelujah. Now, sometimes when we teach, we teach you to say hallelujah without an accompaniment action that has to take place. But we believe God will help us. That we will know that a declaration is followed by an action. Not your efforts. Please don't misunderstand me. Because when one is saying that, and somebody would say, you are now bringing in your efforts. You're not bringing in your efforts. When I make an application and pray that I need job, and I, I make an application, I go and Google the posts that are there. Am I doing my, am I using my efforts? It's not my efforts. It is the action that follows the faith that I have. That God is going to supply me with job. So that is exactly what is happening here. That we declare and we follow that by an action. I do not declare and go to sleep. Yes, manna can come, but remember that manna are failure. That is the whole reason that there are times 
where God sees you as an ignorant person, and I will just supply. But for your faith to grow, there is an action that needs to be taken. That is why there is a statement. It is not a biblical statement, but the statement says, faith that has not been tested cannot be trusted. If your faith has not gone through a testing, we will not trust it. But let it go through a test and be able to stand firm. Now God had to ask Joshua to do all this. So this is the first part that they had to do. Actually, we did one and the second. There are two things that are still coming that we will do next week. But all these things comes from a heart of obedience. And Joshua had to take the responsibility of obeying and being an example to the people. I would assume, you know, if we grow under certain environments, they do influence us in one way or the other. And that is why other people who have studied certain things, they call them that you are being socialized. That's how you've been socialized. Now these guys, there was a way that they have been socialized. I would guess amongst them, there might have been one that wanted to challenge Joshua. Possibly there was one who wanted to challenge even the authority of Joshua. And I believe it was because they were socialized, they grew up in that environment that challenges even things that, are, that they can see that here it is God. They have seen God doing things, but they want to challenge them. I saw Rubanaba Israel, they didn't see the Red Sea being opened. It is not that they did not see the, the water coming out of the rock, but they challenged that. Let us not challenge things that are real, that we can see that this is God. But because I don't want to take things for granted, I challenge them. I question them. Let us believe God. Let us trust God in what he's doing. We can only go the other side when we obey. Let's stand on our feet. In your heart, tell yourself that no matter how painful it will be for me to part with this inclination. Just tell yourself, no matter how painful it's going to be to part with this inclination, 
I want to obey God for the benefit of my success. God would not withdraw anything from you. You will still have it. You will still go on. But other things would be withheld because of the pain of circumcision that has to come through. And allow it to come. Remember, these guys, they did not go to the hospital. It was life. It was done life. Now that pain of the circumcision being done life to you when you have got to remove that thing that you know. You know, lastly, here is a man of God by the name of Moses. Moses, because of his uh, upbringing and what the pharaohs actually have done to him, he grew or he developed an anger. The anger that made him to kill one of the people there. And that anger was the one that made him not to get into the land of, of, of promise. Now he had to deal with that. Now maybe with you as well, there is that inclination that you have to deal with specifically that it has to be removed. Unfortunately, Moses was never removed and it ended up the consequences of not, or making him not to get into the land that God has promised. So we don't want that to happen. We want the fullest of your life to be manifested. Let's sing and we pray. Se você
Lord, we might see things being good in front of us, the situation being fertile that we can put in a seed. But the question that we're asking ourselves from your way to this morning, it is how is the conditions of our hearts? Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that in your economy and in your plan, our hearts should come first. Our spiritual values should come first. Our spiritual principles should come first so that God, we may be in a position to go and fight any strongholds and fortresses that are before us. We pray, Jehovah, in the name of Jesus, that prepare our hearts. We pray for our obedience, that whatever it takes, we will obey. As Joshua did in front of the people, so are we, Lord, that we will obey your weight. No matter what comes, as individual and corporately so, we will obey your weight. We pray, Jehovah, that may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us until you appear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. And if you haven't liked, shared or subscribed yet, make sure to do so. And always remember that no one stands alone.